0: Um, my story kind of begins with uh, my mom's diagnosis back in 2004, uh, breast cancer, um, metastatic. Um, and from there, there was a recurrence in the bone, uh, furthermore to the brain, um, and she passed in 2012. Um, and that's kind of where the basis for Hero for me had started um Watching her struggle through some of the stuff that she went through through her treatment um, and into her survivorship and then the reoccurrence and things like that. Seeing that, you know, the eight years that she did battle, you know, she didn't skip a beat. It was all mentality and things like that just on a personal level. Um, You watch somebody face that kind of adversity and, you know, you want to be able to give them, you know, something that's going to help them.
1: This week's episode of the REACH podcast is sponsored by the Lambstrong Foundation, which is a non-profit organization founded by Major League Soccer goalkeeper and Stage 4 Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor Matt Lampson. The mission of the Lambstrong Foundation is to provide difference-making financial, emotional, and motivational support to cancer patients and families in all stages of cancer treatment and recovery, as well as to fund Proven Cancer Researchers. So for more information and regular updates on the Lamstrong Foundation and what they're doing, go ahead and follow the Lamstrong Foundation on Facebook or visit lamstrong.com today. Welcome back to episode 33 of the REACH podcast. I am with Tori Desenza, who has the fastest working brain in the Midwest. Uh, welcome, Tori, to the show.
0: Thank you uh, for having me. Um, it's, a, it's an honor.
1: Um, so listen, we're going to talk about some really cool stuff with what we got going on with Grandview Pro Fitness. Uh, for our listeners who are in the Columbus area, uh, we're setting up a program with Macostoro and Sean Bailey, who are in the Columbus area, Grandview Pro Fitness, to offer free exercise for cancer survivors who are five months, sorry, five years out from treatment. Um, this is going to be a really cool program that hopefully will have a large impact on the community and there's a couple of different directions that we may end up taking this. But to get there, we'll end up talking about that towards the end of the show. But Tori is one of the, the founders of this program and uh, is from Hero Cancer Health, a really cool kind of exercise oncology program that aims to provide a lot of information to cancer patients, survivors and help professionals through Instagram hashtag fitfam and all that stuff along with blogs and and different things uh, I've known Tori for a few years and we've gotten really close in sharing our passion for this field So Tori gives a little bit of background about who you are and why Hero was set up
0: um, Well, I'm originally from New Jersey uh, shipped out to the Midwest uh, for my undergraduate degree um, And in my undergraduate degree is kind of where I um, I learned about the field of exercise and oncology um, and the impact that it's making among uh, cancer patients and cancer survivors alike. Um, in my time as an undergrad, I would reached out to get involved with some research and was filtered to Dr. Folk, Dr. Brian Folkt, um, and the work that he was doing among prostate cancer patients um, and kind of dived into that type of research and haven't looked back since. Um, for me it's a little bit more personal Um, my story kind of begins with uh, my mom's diagnosis back in 04 uh, breast cancer um, metastatic Um, and from there there was a recurrence in the bone uh, furthermore to the brain um, and she passed in 2012 Um, as she passed that's kind of when I got in touch with Dr. Fote and the research that was going on, um, and that's kind of where the basis for Hero, for me, had started um, watching her struggle through some of the stuff that she went through through her treatment um, and into her survivorship, and then the reoccurrence and things like that. Uh, exercise was something that she severely struggled with on you know, adherence and maintenance of that kind of thing, and finding an outlet to give her... Um, the knowledge that she would need to, to start some sort of program like that. So for me, Kiro uh, Cancer Health is, is an outlet for those people who are seeking advice and, and, and knowledge and, and programs to kind of give them that step forward and to really hopefully make an impact in the way that their lives kind of, you know, in their journeys uh, as they're trying to navigate through diagnosis and all that kind of stuff.
1: So when you say there was a recurrence, uh so she was given the all clear the first time around and it came back?
0: Yeah. So she was six months. I'm at six years. Sorry about that. Uh, six years um, from her first diagnosis. So she was four to five out um, taken. So she was cancer free at that point. Uh, she had some lymph node um, um, action when she was first diagnosed, but she was uh, hospitalized with some fluid in the lungs um, at one point, And that's where they found the reoccurrence in the bone. Um, and then from there it was about a year from that recurrence then that they found it uh, had moved to the brain so at that point for me it was quality
1: of life you yeah know, moving forward so the the first diagnosis she was fairly low stage she was she was stage three right mm-hmm. right 3b and then uh, the second one was metastatic mm-hmm. so she was pretty much battling this for the guts of eight years then, huh? yeah it's a really powerful connection, um, and I love the personal connection, and as we talked about off air, uh, a lot of the show so far has been um, a lot of positive uh, vibes, and here's how exercise can help, and, and uh, you know a lot of good stories, but you represent, one, how it can go the other way, and two, how you ter- turn that adversity and that, that grief you go through into your passion. It's pretty powerful though, as a parent.
0: Yeah, uh, for me, it was all in retrospect, seeing that, you know, the eight years that she did battle, you know, she didn't skip a beat. It was all mentality and things like that, just on a personal level. Um, Raising four kids, uh, you know, taking care of everything that needed to be taken care of. Obviously, we were all there to help, but um, you watch somebody face that kind of adversity, and, you know, you want to be able to give them, you know, something that's going to help them, hands down. Uh, And for me, that retrospect was you know, stumbling upon the field of exercise science. I'm at exercise oncology in my undergraduate degree and looking back and saying, you know, this is a difference that could have been made and this is, you know, something that give can give somebody, you know, just a leg up in their daily in their daily life. And that's and that's huge. And you're talking about quality of life, you're talking about function and, and all of those things. Um, but to see it, you know, as something that somebody's gone through for you and kind of tag that with all the people that you've come in contact with in the research that you're doing, it just it, it there's a direction, there's a vision for this and, and that's, you know, how we hope we can help,
1: you know, going forward. You talked about, so you were a sophomore when she passed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just getting into the major initially and kind of unfamiliar with, with exercise physiology in general, but definitely exercise oncology. Absolutely. And you talked about kind of, you know, whereas I kind of had, I was a little bit later in my career when when, I, when my mom had cancer. And I had that mindset of like, well, how can exercise help? You were more just in the in the lines of, how can I be a good daughter? Yeah. And how was that for you in slap hanging in the middle of your college career, trying to balance all the normal stuff of academics and having a life and being a lacrosse player and then having this back in Jersey?
0: Uh, yeah, that was for me the most difficult part, deciding to come out to Ohio for sports in general, um, being a divisional athlete and you know thinking about being eight nine hours away from home and I remember getting the phone call from my brother It was like hey we want to FaceTime tonight and that was when uh, I kind of went up to my friend's dorm room because everyone was ours and finding out that you know there was a reoccurrence it was in the bone and things like that and not being there um you know talking about navigating that I think it's really given me an outlet to kind of pour that direction and those feelings into something that's going to be positive that's going to be you know impactful um that sophomore year, I did take a semester off um, to be home and to be in there. That's kind of when she got the, uh, you know, it's quality of life over this at this point. Um, so, I think that's finding this direction and this navigation kind of really helped me personally, um, you know, put that motivation and effort and, and desire into it, and that's it goes hand in hand. I think, and and it speaks. I think louder than I think I'm going to be able to speak for it. <laughs>
1: so we're pretty similar in that uh our heads are all over the place and we're clumsy and we're messes and and all that stuff but you also display a maturity about you that i think i mean i may be wrong here but is it probably a product of having to care for your parent at such a young age where you have that refocus in in what's important to you and what's not
0: yeah it's uh it's something that you kind of take one foot in front of the other and and you don't kind of think about what's around you and you do what needs to be done um on top of all that we kind of went through uh, a natural disaster per se at that same time so we were dealing with messes at the house so it was super storm in that aspect and I, everyone asked me like how do you do it and all this kind of stuff and it's just like you're surrounded by the people that care the most and and you're, you're really just putting one foot in the other like what needs to be done what's got to get done and you're really you stop thinking about talking about how we're all over the place and things are going crazy across through our brains and things like that but um, seeing the Things that that stand at the end of the road and what you're working for and what you're trying to put into what you're working on and all the projects that we have going on, uh, I think it helps, you know, navigate that that water a little bit.
1: So back up a little bit. When you say natural disaster, there was something happened in Jersey. There was yeah. A, what was it? So it was a superstorm
0: Sandy. So Hurricane Sandy um, came and hit and ripped up the whole East Coast. So we had flooding um, in the house and. Uh, throughout the whole East coast area. My uncle next door had like seven feet in his first floor. So we were out of town. Well, we stayed home uh, kind of crazy like that, but uh, we were there during the (laughs) storm. We're on the ocean. So it's like talking about this room, our house is there, Yeah. oceans across the street. So we're surrounded by water, but dealing with that type of disaster, we weren't allowed in town for two weeks. So we had to get our mom out kind of a thing. And she ended up passing about two weeks after that, Uh, actually during the storm, you know, with a whole low pressure and stuff like that, we thought that was going to be the night that she ended up passing. But she woke up the next morning and was like, we're the night of my lucky charms. Like, she wanted cereal. Like, we were like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you talk about um, perseverance and attitude and, and just really taking those moments and seeing how can those moments be, you know, in the work that we do going forward.
1: It's funny when I talk to people who have been through that magnitude of adversity, the reflection is always different than your attitude towards it where in the moment it's just task by task and day by day and then it's not until you sit back and reflect and go i've no idea how i got through that i just kind (laughs) of took it as it came
0: yeah uh and i think that's kind of where it's been a work in progress throughout you know things come out of left field right field um as you're going forward i mean it's never an easy ride you know but it's it's again like you talked about it's just you get out and you're like things start to settle a little bit and you're like I did that. All right, what's next? Like, I, I somehow got through that, and you kind of try and figure out how to kind of figure out how to move forward. So I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like, it's kind of you're coming out, and you're like – you look back, and you're like, that's that's what we did? Uh, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, what, that's why it's f- so funny to me when I watch you transition into grad school and seeing the things that stress you out here, you know, I laugh because <laughs> – a test or an exam or a presentation compared to you know, what what you've been through and, and how resilient you are as a result of that, that will play so much of a role in your ultimate success in that you've handled all that bigger stuff. All this small stuff is is water off a duck's back to you.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that's a good point too going forward. <laughs> it's just taking a <laughs> step back going, all right, I got this, this, this is good. This proposal here is good.
1: <laughs> so you talked about your... pretty much being in good spirits almost the whole way through do you think seeing that attitude towards you know uh, she had a metastatic disease she it was terminal and she knew dm was coming do you think seeing that attitude in her shifted an attitude in you and in man she she took that on the chain and was was cool and how did that affect you seeing that
0: uh yeah i think talking about uh when you're looking at the age for me that it happened and started, um, I was in middle school to kind of fighting with her through it uh, till about through high school, through college, my freshman year. You talk about a change in perspective from being able to start to understanding and conceptualize what's actually happening and watching that as she went through that. There's some days you would never know, and then there's other days where you know you're at home with her and it's and it's hell and high water kind of a thing. So. You're talking about um, perspective and you watch the person you've kind of looked up to your, your whole life and you're saying, you know, she's fighting that. I can do whatever I need to do to fight what I'm fighting kind of a thing. And I think perspective wise, you know, that's something I'll never be able to thank her enough for and um, watching the way that she took on that disease and, and kind of ran with it per se.
1: What was that period of grief? A lot of people talk about anger versus denial versus, you know, ultimate acceptance how was that initial period following her passing and you know because you came to me your junior year which was pretty soon after and, and from what I saw you hit the ground running um, and you also weren't as open as you were now so how was that initial period for you and just kind of dealing with all that and, and moving forward yourself
0: uh, definitely there's a cycle um, and there's no right way or order per se to grief, uh, there's a lot of things that hit you all at once and there's a lot of things that you start to realize as time goes on, or more again, get more comfortable with talking about or, or opening up about, but off the bat, you're talking, to, like you, I mean, it was a long battle for us, so the whole why or, or how or things like that kind of simmered pretty early on. Um, and then you're talking about, you're looking ahead and you're talking, grieving the, the things that you, um, wish you could have done or you know I tried to take every action to be where I could have been to help as best as I could you know throughout the whole process Um, and for me that was taking that time to be home in that last month or two we didn't really know how long she had um, so taking that semester to be there not only for her but for the family and things like that um, was again just a part of the process of you know doing everything that you can and again. For me, deciding to come out here, um, I came on my visit, and one of the guys with his ring on at football practice was talking about family and network and what you're going to get out here that you're not going to get anywhere else. Being at Ohio State and being Buckeye and things like that is family, um, and for me, that was that was the moment that I knew being out here was going to only be the best for me in the sense of having that network, having you know, 35 teammates, having a great group of classmates, going through everything. Um, and you talk about opening up from, you know, seeing you in January and deciding, hey, this is the direction I want to go, this is a drive that I have. This can make a huge impact to being able to start to share that story as to why I'm interested in that or why my drive is there and, and feeling more comfortable to open up about that. Um, it's a process and it and it cycles through when you're talking about the high emotions, the low emotions, and you know, at the end of the day you're reminded, hey, this is gonna huge this is hopefully gonna be helpful to a lot of other people.
1: It's powerful because uh, people deal with grief all sorts of different ways and when you take a semester off uh to deal with something like that the danger is then you say screw it you know what I mean like I'm I'm not going to go back so I think for me looking at you it it takes a lot of strength and courage then to leave jersey again and come back a second time and say you know I'm I'm not giving up on this and then to actively seek out this information find your field and then run with it because it's been a really cool three years to see from when you we initially kind of met each other to to where where you are now and the really cool stuff's going forward so how was how was it initially coming back and talk about kind of your transition because you went back to jersey to to kind of follow your passion there
0: uh yeah so coming back um just knowing that for her, uh, I think graduating just in general was a big goal of hers and just kind of thinking about how can I you know, accomplish that going forward even though you know, it might not be the way she would have ever saw it. But um, you talk about coming back, that's in that time trying to explore all different outlets to kind of help the grieving process. Um, I knew a couple of people told me to get involved with that research, so that's where, you know, meeting you and Dr. Folkt um, really kind of set that fire off and then from there finishing that graduation piece and I know we would kind of talked about grad school not grad school you know the direction that the field is going and you know what's going to be the best means to be of real help in this in this type of field and that's where I felt that grad school was going to be that piece um, so then you're talking about coming back um, transitioning from leaving home again because I went back home for about a year um, was working um, in the health and fitness industry um, but Coming back, I think taking that time off really put into perspective how important this is. Um, not that it was never not there, but you know this is going to be where we need to move forward. And yeah,
1: let's talk about that because you—I mean—we stayed in contact, and you wanted to set up uh, survivorship programs in Jersey. And part of the reason it kind of brought you back was the frustration you experienced in either your your credentials or your the level of information you had and how you could present that that knowledge to oncologists and kind of the resistance you face on the other end. Talk about the struggle of that, cause that, that represents a lot of what's going on in the field now when people reach out to oncologists and physicians trying to set this up, they do face that resistance either through their own lack of credentials or kind of a resistance on the other side.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, when you're talking about trying to implement something that you know is good for patient care and quality of life and you're trying to attempt to Walk into an office and say, "Hey, I have a bachelor's degree and and a certification in personal training for cancer patients, but I know this is really good for your patients, and and this is how we can help." It's it's another, I don't want to say it's another system dealing with all of that. You know, they have their norms, they have their their policies and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, just in a preliminary contact with them, they were you know they were receptive to it. Uh, I think the follow through is something that if I had more time or home or you know, more credentials to be able to kind of walk in and say, hey, this is, this is what we're finding. This is, this is a huge piece to, I think, what can help, you know, everybody that walks in your door and being able to walk out of your door feeling, you know, just a little bit more confident or a little bit more um, in control of the life that they've, they've been dealt or the cars they've been dealt. Um, but yeah, I've trying to bridge that gap and, you know, that driving again, you're talking about it was still there and trying to push for that I think that that gap and having that language and conversation in those realms is super important going forward and making sure that we're all on the same page with with where the field of exercise oncology is and I know that's you know you talk about harmony and and synergy with all that and it's sometimes you don't see it in a lot of places
1: I think that's I mean we've talked about this before but where we're so similar and a large part of the reason I pursued a master's and PhD was because I didn't feel comfortable in how fluently I could speak about the research, how well I knew the research, what was what had been done, some of the limitations. And I think what that's what grad school is going to teach you, particularly in the area of exercise oncology, where uh, you will be able to name that 242 from the whole <laughs> uh, year you, you will have that breadth of knowledge in different kinds of types, during treatment, after treatment. What are the limitations? What are the, the considerations to where you can speak to an oncologist and them not feel like you know you're just a joe Schmo like you have a good grasp on the treatments because that's what they want to feel confident in, in that do you understand the treatments what they're about the complications and the side effects to where you can appropriately prescribe exercise to to mitigate that uh, and i think that's where the power of grad school is going to come in and and i'm excited to see you grow and move forward uh we talked about this, if I could do it, you could do it, it would be fine.
0: <laughs> I know, we've talked about in that sense too, kind of understanding, you know, the process that it's going to take and kind of being comfortable where, you know, we're talking about sitting in this room, being about a semester in, first semester into grad school and already taking on as much information as I can and trying to push forward, you know, talking about the HERO program, and I think that's only going to create a better outlet for me to help, you know, myself and, and hopefully the community understand that research and really be able to start to tackle you know the graphs that i do personally have on it not only being able to understand it but convey it out to you know a community where they're going to understand it and be receptive to it
1: yeah and i think you struggle a lot with what i struggled with initially and this is what dr foe was so good about is you there is a sense in academia where you have to be you know professional and rigid and you look at some of the people in our office and they're super intelligent and it's kind of like a you know I, I don't know if i'm meant to be here and you're so outgoing uh, and you're you're goofy <laughs> uh, and one of the things that dr folk does such a good job and i think working under him and the stuff you're doing in the community is going to remind you of this consistently that you can still you can be successful and still be true to yourself in that my initial Couple of years of my PhD, I felt like I was losing a part of myself because I had to be, you know, like the, everyone else in the office, and I had to, you know, put on this front. and And Dr. Folk just such a good job of reminding me, like, you can be yourself. The freedom of academia and the freedom of becoming more educated and furthering yourself is that you have that ability where you can be professional and still be Tory at the same time. and having that is so important moving forward in in ensuring your success in PhD and being relatable to these people because if you go too far the other way and you lose that personal touch and you lose that story, all of that stuff that makes you so great, that's the danger of, of going too far the other way. And I know you struggle with that a lot, but FOA is so good at, at helping remedy that.
0: Yeah, I think absolutely you bring up a good point about, you know, having that being approachable in a sense of you're talking about a population that's you know their doctor's appointments every day their treatments every day they're they're getting information from all different aspects and angles but being able to be you know relatable and approachable and all that kind of stuff I think goes a long way and you know being able to kind of show them that hey we can help you step by step in that process and
1: and all that kind of stuff exactly particularly when a lot of them are getting this information about treatment courses they have to make decisions about stuff they barely understand they're getting 15 minutes here and there with different physicians mm-hmm. a lot of it is over their head a lot of it is overwhelming so we need to be there as just a source of support and and this is the fun stuff you know don't worry about all that stuff you're just here we can help you and uh, we can reach them on a much more personal level because you are spending an hour plus with these a day and beyond and so I think that's where the power of maintaining yourself and, and staying true to yourself really comes out when we talk about this community stuff. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> we going back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly, you know, uh, you look at it and you, like you're talking about being in the office and being under Dr. Fote and um, you talk about the charisma that, that, you know, each person has their individual approach to things, you talk about the team that we have with Zach and Jesse and, and everybody and they've all got their, you know, their charismas and it's great to see how everyone can bring themselves to the table and and offer what they have to offer which is huge when you're talking about trying to do all this complicated stuff or get you know get through to to a certain type of person or a certain group of people and you know talking with oncologists hey i know he might have a better approach than i and and, you know working in those realms of how can we best facilitate what needs to be done how can we best you know manage and and move forward with what we need to do
1: so speaking of that you set up, and you talk about frantic, uh, Hero Cancer Health, I think you set it up and published your first blog within the space of three or four weeks, uh, which is very typical of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so I I was kind of, the whole time we were talking about it, I was like, you're you're putting too much pressure on yourself, you don't need to get this out, just take your time. But there was a reason why. So let's talk about when you published it, why you published it, and what Hero Cancer Health is.
0: So, to start off, Hero Cancer Health, so health and exercise research in oncology. So, just trying to provide an outlet and a platform for people to, you know, understand um, and learn about the benefits and implications of exercise, you know, during treatment, post treatment, um, in regards to both, you know, educating survivors and patients as well as healthcare professionals um, within the area. So, I know we talked about it uh, a couple months ago, just, you know, trying to plant the seed for the idea um and trying to you know for me again motoring through it like all right what can I do how can I do it you know we're talking about how our brains work and so November came around and I knew that was for me the five month anniversary of five months sorry (laughs) five year anniversary of uh, the passing of my mother and I just felt that it was the right moment for me um in terms of You're talking about how this idea developed, how this passion developed. I think that was just a testament to where hero wants to drive forward. And for me, my mother was a hero in my life. And you're talking about cancer being so prevalent among the United States and among, you know, family members, friends, community members. We all have had some sort of of hero come through our lives, whether yourself, you're fighting um, or you've seen somebody fight or it's just a testament to them um, moving forward on you know, you guys brave it every day. You know, the treatments and the hours and the doctor's visits and, and, and the feelings of what comes with treatment and all that kind of stuff. Like, how can we as a community round against, around around, how can we as a community, you know, help you go forward, help you, you know, with what you need
1: at where you're at in the moment? So, where can people find Hero Cancer Health?
0: So, uh, we're online, herocancerhealth.com. Um, we have a website up uh, with a blog. And then on Instagram, we're Hero Cancer Health, same thing across the board. Um, just kind of putting out the current recommendations right now for exercise and putting up some site specific recommendations, you know, with certain surgeries or treatments that you might find with breast cancer um, survivors or breast cancer patients. And then we've got a Facebook up that kind of navigates between the both. Um, whether you're more active on Facebook, definitely give us a follow out there.
1: This is a really important point because when you first came to me with this you felt you were stepping on my toes with reach and that hero and reach are very similar and this is what i love about the field of exercise oncology in that there are a lot of fields out there in resistance training in sports science in strength and conditioning that are very protective and kind of territorial and they don't like outcomers or outsiders and don't like people coming in and they feel like um, if you go your way you're stepping on my toes or there's a competition whereas what the the beauty of the field of exercise ecology is that it's so welcoming and i've seen this when i've kind of gone to conferences and other researchers have done this to me where we all feel like we're part of this bigger movement and we all feel like we're really pushing towards something and there's room for everyone and i don't see hero as as a competition or or something that's going to step on my toes i see it as a compliment to what i do because you have your own network you have your own people that will receive your message the way you put it out there and I have my own network and the two of them will complement each other and just further increase our reach as opposed to uh, you know compete with each other particularly with the stuff you do with your blogs and the Instagram you're so much better at that social media stuff than I am and I think that's where I both to you and the listeners are reaching in making this point that there's never a competition in this field it's always the more people we can get into this the better and I would be so uh, disappointed if if the reason you didn't go forward with this was that you felt like you were stepping on my toes or someone like Sarah Weller up in Canada who has her own uh, business as well we all want as many as we can to get in there so it's cool to see that that didn't stop you and you're willing to to go your own direction and put your own flavor on it too
0: Um, For me, it's a testament to the influence, I think, that you have um, on your peers um, and on the community and, and, you know, on the field itself, uh, coming into it and not understanding where everything was at and seeing the work that you've put through all of your projects and and reach and, you know, the research that you do. um, For me, that was was motivational in itself, and that was... um, You know, to be able to look up to that and see that's where the direction of the field is going and understanding. I know we've had this conversation back and forth a bunch of times on, you know, our networks are different. And and that's, again, that's the biggest piece on going forward is it's a huge field. And there's so much that I think a lot of people can contribute. And I think the more we welcome it in, the more, you know, the more of an impact it can make. Absolutely.
1: Definitely. And I think a testament to that is Mac Castoro who came to us or came to me Matt just finished his bachelor's in exercise science at Ohio State and is looking to go to PT school and he's currently a, a trainer a pro fitness in Grandview really cool guy and he just he happened to hear me on the podcast and, and has kind of been looking up exercise oncology and this I talk to people about what this program is and they can't believe that someone can be so uh, philanthropic and, and just generous with their time and resources so uh, Matt came to us wanting to start an exercise oncology program. Got Sean Bailey, the owner and CEO of Grandview Pro, Pro Fitness, involved. I um, wanted to set up an exercise oncology program. So let's talk about it. how yeah. Excited are
0: you? Oh, I'm excited. Uh, it's going to be, I think, a fantastic opportunity. Um, not only to you know see the meeting of the minds on everybody coming together on this type of a project, but to see um i think the response that we get uh within the community i know we've already got some feedback from a couple different outlets um again from everybody's network and you talk about how you know the reach of everything is going to be so important and you watch all these people come together and say you know what this is important like this is how we're gonna you know put all this together and this is how we can you know hopefully construct a program that's that's efficient and safe and and moving forward um, so Hero Cancer Health is teaming up with Grandview Pro Fitness um, and Grandview Primary Care. Um, Matt reached out to Kieran um, and myself, um, offering up um, some services. We're looking to start a eight week program. Eight to 12. Yeah. Eight to 12 week program. <laughs> we got a lot to flesh out still.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, eight to 12 week program um, for cancer survivors in the Columbus area. Um, so Grandview Pro Fitness is located um, just outside of the campus area here. Um, but we're looking to uh, recruit uh, about 12 survivors for the gr- first group that we have going in, um, doing some pre and post assessments and offering them um, a full body exercise program about twice a week. Um I think Matt's done a great job at you know putting himself out there and really kind of diving into this type of stuff, and it's it's cool to see how, you know, different different aspects of the healthcare system with with uh, Sean, the the type of services that he provides with his gym um, and with his pri- primary care facility, like it's not a lot that you see, you don't see that a lot of the time around here in the fitness industry you don't see the connection between the primary care physician and that fitness piece uh, and I think that's huge going forward in providing an atmosphere that's you know both comfortable for somebody coming in with a clinical um, diagnosis and then two having that type of, of direction with the program I think and the and the experience that all of us bring to the table with going forward
1: that's the biggest thing I love about this program and that we talk about the power of exercise during and after treatment and it will get to a point where it's a standard of care and a service offered to the community. But what Sean, and I should mention, Sean Bailey is uh, an active physician, a medical doctor by training, who has had his own private clinic for, for a number of years and has worked in a, a variety of different settings. But kind of, as he spoke to us, kind of really his passion is empowering people through, the, through nutrition and healthy lifestyle behaviors and exercise first. So he has a really cool facility in Columbus where he has his own practice, and in that practice he can do a variety of health biomarkers and different assessments. He can do uh, a DEXA, which gets a picture of your body composition and bone mineral density. He can do a metabolic test, where uh, a resting metabolic test, where you can get your rest resting metabolic rate and determine your nutritional needs based off of that. He can do stress tests where you can see kind of how your how your fitness is at max levels and look at the the health of your heart and different things like that and it's really unique in that his own facility is attached to a gym so you go in for your appointment with your with your physician get all these health tests and then you go into the gym and work out in the same facility uh, and sean has really graciously donated his facility and his tests and resources to us for this program so Anyone who's in the program will get a pre and post DEXA. So we'll get a picture of your body composition and your bone mineral mineral density. Bone mineral density is a really important uh, measure of overall health, uh, bone health specifically. Um, Something that's really important in the cancer population where uh, a result of a lot of treatments, they can see dramatic declines of bone mineral density and put you at a greater risk of fractures as a result of falls. We also get a picture of your uh your one rep max your your overall strength and physical function and we're going to put you through a training program we're going to do two times a week to start off with hoping to do uh, some time in the weekday and a weekend class and again we'll have six physiologists who are trained in the area of exercise oncology to individualize these programs based on your initial assessments who will just work with you to ensure the safety and proficiency of all your exercises help tailor the program both to your goals and to our desired outcomes that will kind of mesh the two and pretty much everything you see at the top level in terms of ohio state research will be translated into the community where we'll deliver the best of the best uh of our ability to to just have a fun time with this you know and uh it's gonna be really cool huh
0: yeah, I think you talk about, you know, having a really fun time with this. I think uh, Sean creates an awesome atmosphere along with Matt on on the facilities that they have. There's a lot of, you know, creativity that we can put into this as well going forward. Um, trying to make this as, as um, easy a transition as possible for any survivors in the area on making it um, something that's attainable. And, and again, you're talking about personal goals, personal assessments, Um and how we can tailor that program to you specifically going forward uh, and all that kind of
1: stuff. So myself and Tori are as impulsive as each other. Um, and we both have, you know, we have this program initially and then we'll say, well, what happens if we do this, this, and this, and this? And in our meeting with, with Sean, was like well we'll just do five or six rounds of it i was going whoa <laughs> we're, not, we're not just going to give this guy a hundred patients or, or survivors for free so a couple of the avenues we want to see down the road is eventually turn this into a referral system eventually see this as the primary community-based program for patients and survivors in the columbus area uh, but this initial program again it's kind of a pilot program just to kind of see how everything goes hash out hash out all the kind of uh little nuances that come with developing these programs really try and smooth everything out in terms of the referral process and selection process so we are looking for 12 people off the bat you've got to be five years or less post-treatment and with within the columbus area so the ability to travel to our facility two times a week Uh, anything to add so if you're listening and you're in columbus uh, if you know of anybody um, reach
0: out to myself or kieran through either the reach website um, or the podcast i know we will take any information through that um or if you do get a chance to check out the hero website just shoot me a contact through the message or dm me on instagram and uh we'll certainly like to you know hear from as many of you as possible to kind of get this going
1: yeah so we're going to look to start in the spring of 2018 for the first program participants in that program and i don't want to step on sean's toes uh will likely get a membership to the gym following the the program and then Based on how that goes, we're just going to keep rolling these out and seeing how how much we can get out there, how many people we can impact, and, and hopefully this grows to be, as I said, the the staple of, of this type of work in Columbus.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're talking about rolling things out, and I think it's it's exciting, it's fun. I'm excited to see where you know everything starts to get moving and and all that stuff.
1: Because this is where your passion is, the community based stuff. You know, we talk about. You, you, I think you're going to do some really cool stuff with research. Uh, but your, your ultimate passion lies in, in getting out into the trenches and working with people hands-on and getting to reach as many people as you can.
0: Yeah, you're talking about community-based programs and, and there's such a gap. We even talk about just the understanding of how exercise can influence um, your diagnosis um, through treatment, post-treatment, into survivorship. Uh, but so many times, so many people, I mean, in my personal experience, you've seen people reach out for for any guidance and and they falter and they don't have the necessary resources to help maintain and and adhere to you know the recommendations and what can help them make a significant change in life and i think that's kind of what i'm going to grapple with in the next year and a half on deciding you know how much of an impact can we make in the community and what direction for myself and for all of this stuff you know what's going to be the best thing for the community going forward and how can, you know, we make that impact and we can dive into being hands-on and making sure we're, you know, getting the information to people that need it.
1: Well, I should say any other gyms who are looking to mimic this in the Columbus region who are comfortable having us come in and either educate your own trainers on the field of exercise oncology or want to do a similar collaboration where you have this passion and interest to help a community that is really you know has a huge need for this type of stuff reach out to myself or tori and uh, again I'll, i'll finish with just a huge thanks to both matt initially for setting up this contact and sean for just being so gracious with his time his expertise his facilities and his network to to make something like this go through. as i said it's completely free for survivors at this current point we hope to keep it that way through through a variety of mechanisms moving forward but Right now, I think this is going to be one of the coolest things that that comes to the survivorship community in Columbus.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hey. Thank you. I. Uh,
1: I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show.
0: <laughs> no, I can't even thank you enough for you know all the things that you've you've laid out in front of you and behind you and, and the the path that you've taken to get there. I know hasn't been easy. And and watching the way that you've pushed forward and succeeded and all that you do. Um, it takes a lot of different aspects and arms to help push this stuff forward and again it's a true testament to sean and matt and dr fote and yourself and the team that we have here so again beyond thankful cool
1: all right folks thanks for listening if you're a survivor who is less than five years out of treatment get in touch with us if you're a gym who's interested in developing a similar collaboration if you're a gym who's interested in a similar collaboration get in touch with us whether or not, we will catch you next week. Thanks for tuning in.